on Triple M Mining HQ. Hello, I'm Pablo Miller and this is Mining HQ, your go-to show for everything happening in the mining industry. Today, this time last week, it was Are You OK Day? And we are going to continue our conversation this morning with Anna Ferenga. Now, Anna is a workplace mental health expert, author, trainer and international speaker. We're going to hear some more useful tips from Anna with steps to avoid burnout first on this morning's show. Chris, over to you. And burnout, this is a big one. We keep hearing about it. I guess for a lot of FIFO workers, particularly the ones doing underground mining, that's a big burnout factor. Your advice for FIFO workers if they sense things aren't quite going right? Look, the FIFO FIFO industry is such a complex one because firstly the term burnout is actually recognised as a syndrome by the World Health Organisation. But it's also got the term phenomena under it because they didn't really understand what it actually meant. We've just got a bunch of people that are just exhausted or their energy's depleted or they're distancing mentally or they're pulling away from their families. Um, a lot of research, particularly in the FIFO space, is a lot of the pressure comes from them not feeling directly part of their family operations. Um, they also have decreased productivity. But the one thing we need to realise, and I will give a couple of tips for the individuals listening today, but burnout is not the result of, of uh, it's not the individual's fault. Burnout primarily relates to an individual operating under a system that they're struggling to cope under. And that means how the work is designed or the rate the work is meant to be delivered, basically everything that sits in the resourcing industry. So it's a really, really, it's a really, really big phenomena, but it's also a very dangerous one because you take burnout, the average Australian workers experiencing burnout, then whack a, a FIFO lifestyle on top of that where they're coming and going and they're struggling with family reintegration and then family departure and then uh, shift work and being remote. And they've also been linked to having higher rates of depression and higher use of alcohol and drugs. You know, it's a, it's a really serious industry that really needs to pilot um, what what new new ways of working looks like. Now, for our listeners today that want to know a couple of little things that you can do, and I'll attack the two questions at one, Chris, if that's okay, Please. is... Firstly, if you want to declutter your mind, write it down. I I say give yourself some mind real estate. Um, You can't build on a block that's already built on, right? So get it out of your head and onto some paper. You'll hear people talking about this all the time, and particularly for our FIFO workers, your sleep is is disrupted constantly. You really do have to try and prioritize sleep where you can. Try and set some priorities and try and complete them. Because as I said, mental clutter is a series of incomplete or or, or, delayed decisions. And also there's some great stuff online about challenging negative thoughts. You just go online, anyone that's listening today, and just type into Google, how do I challenge my negative thoughts? And there's these awesome human-centric, really quick questionnaires that can really put someone back into a rational frame of mind, which we tend to lose when we've got anxiety, right? So with, with burnout... It really does need to start with adopting those concepts concepts that we just spoke about because that's what the individual can do. But with burnout, the way that we can get help is to speak up. But unfortunately, here's the brick wall because the resource sector 
isn't mature enough, and I mean that respectfully because a lot of businesses and industries aren't, to create that psychologically safe space where you will still be respected and heard when you put your hand up and say, this is too much, I'm not coping. So as you can see, it's an evolving area, Chris, where awareness has come in. You've had a parliamentary inquiry by uh, Libby Meadham that's come in as well. There's a lot of attention in and around the FIFO lifestyle and the resource lifestyle and the the process and progress they need to make in this space because, geez, the statistics are not looking good. Anna, I've got a couple of more questions. Uh, first mm-hmm. one is, can you talk about workplace mental health training? Now, how does that work and what about the results you've seen? Sure. Look, training is a great thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it out there. It is a great thing, but it's not the only thing. Uh, training forms part of what a strategy should look like. So what is what do I mean by that? I don't, I'm not here to put training down. I mean, I'm one of those people that do it. I'd be, I'd be talking myself out of a bit of business there, but it, it can't be the only thing. It's not going to fix anything. It's, it's going to create awareness and it's going to improve capability, which clearly does not exist in a lot of organizations. A good mental health uh, training session ideally really should be face-to-face, but I know a lot of us don't have that luxury based on whether we're working hybridly or indeed in a, in a FIFO setting because it takes trust because this is still a very stigmatized area, uh, particularly with male dominant um, employee employment um, places as well. We all know that the boys don't talk and, you know, and but don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not leaving um, us women out as well because we're catching up with suicidality and so forth as well. We've got to get talking more. So it, it, in that sense, Training needs to be targeted to the relative audience. You can't just plug and play. You have to have the right facilitator that gets the industry, that understands the risks. But also, if you're going to pull people off tools and into a room for a day or half a day or whatever you choose to do, make sure that that training involves something they can learn today and apply tomorrow. Human-centric, basic, evidence-based information that can help someone have a conversation and know that they've had it safely and done the best to get that person to help. So that's really what mental health training should be doing, but it's only one small part of what it takes for a a psychologically safe workplace to develop. Now, regarding sexual harassment against women in the FIFO mining industry, we've heard about that on WA Mine Sites. They're introducing drink cards. They're doing different things. You mentioned a focus on training from the top down, bottom up, across the board. That should should be an effective tool for improving workplace culture. Sounds good in theory. How do you you see that happening in practice? It does sound good in theory, doesn't it? Well, the the, the problem is, you know, look, the, the, the executive and the senior leadership we need to get alignment first. We need to create awareness. We need to set new mandates of what good looks like when it comes to safety and appropriate conduct. Um, it's very, very easy for senior leaders to get caught up in how in the old ways of working. But if we're looking at the rates of, you know, around about 70, 76% of women reported at some stage that they had been sexually harassed in the resource sector, there is something drastically wrong here. But employees aren't setting the mandates, the senior leadership team are. So it's really important that awareness around what uh, sexual harassment can look like is clearly communicated to everyone working in the resource sector because, as we know, we've got a multitude of different ages and different backgrounds that are working in these spaces. And what was considered okay or overlooked 10, 15, 20 years ago is not okay today, not that it was okay back then. And it just needs to be about that awareness about what 
is sexual harassment? What constitutes sexual harassment? What is okay and what is not not okay? And when I say what is okay, there's nothing okay about sexual harassment, but it can become really confusing because, you know, the the, the Aussie way of, of working and the old banter and so forth, some of that can tip over into inappropriate and people that honestly have good intentions don't know that. And then you've got the vicious side of it where it's just out and out sexual discrimination and, and, and sexual harassment. So education needs to come from the top down, across and up because when it needs to come from up, you can get people like me coming into your business and telling you where the holes are. You can do a parliamentary inquiry, but the holes are best identified from the frontline workers Here's what I'm putting up with. But again, we hit that brick wall because a lot of these people don't have the guts or the courage to speak up because they fear that they will lose their jobs or be judged by their mates. So again, that forms part of a strategy where you are creating a safe space, a new mandate, awareness from senior leadership to understand and reset what will be tolerated and what will not be, but also what's going to be followed through, not just swept under the carpet, not just a mediation session. It needs adequate and appropriate consequences because that's the best way humanity can learn. Anna, it's been a pleasure chatting to you this morning on Mining HQ. You've been very generous with your time. Can we talk another time? Absolutely we can. It's a pleasure being on here and thank you for having me. For the very latest mining news in WA, stream the Mining HQ podcast. Available now on the Listener app, L-I-S-T-N-R.